Thank you so much, worship team. We are told in Scripture, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We're going to be taking our thought today. But we are told in Scripture that in the last days, there will be a great falling away. In the last days, many that have walked with Christ for many years and will will leave Christ, will leave the church due to various reasons and I don't have time to go into all of that today but my thought for us this morning is this for us not to be negligent with our walk with God with what we know to be true how many knows that truth will liberate you truth will set you free Truth will give you a good mindset. Truth will give you a a good feeling in the sense that you're making and you're going in the right direction. It's when you're told a lie, a lot of times you're not, you you don't feel like you can trust the individual. And when you're told something that you, you you can't depend upon it, then your walk is a little shaky. But we know according to God's word, his word is true, right? His word is very quick. His word is powerful. His word is sharp. Even to the cutting asunder, the scripture says. We have, to, we have to hold true to these statements that the word gives us. And when you look in Second Chronicles chapter 29, there's, there's Hezekiah that was reigning there in Judah at that time. And he talked to us about, about not being negligent in our walk with God. And look, when you look in verse number 1, it says this, Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah and the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. I want you to listen to this verse number 3. This caught my attention. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Isn't that interesting? The first year, the first month, he opened the doors and repaired them. Which sort of lets me know, Brother Adam, they were messed up. Sort of lets me understand that they weren't used very often. Folks wasn't attending the house, the temple, like they were in the past. In the first year, he opened the doors of the house and he repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square. And he said to them, Hear me, Levites. Sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. I hope you all hearing me this morning. I hope this really sinks in because I want to remind you that we now are the temple of God. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go somewhere to find the temple anymore. We are the temple. We house the presence of God. Of God. Back here in Hezekiah's day, he said, I want you priests to go in, sanctify yourselves, and sanctify the holy place. And this is the first thing I want you to do get the rubbish out. Wow. Is, Is it possible for us today, as God's people, to have rubbish on the inside? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is it possible for us to have trash, so to speak, rubbish, things that we don't need on the inside because maybe of our lifestyle, because of 
areas in our life that is not up to par with God the way that they need to be? Is it possible we have rubbish? Get the rubbish out of the holy place. <laughs> For our fathers have trespassed. They've done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken Him and turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs upon Him. They have, put, they have also shut up the doors of the vestibule. They've put out the lamps, have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place of the Lord God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has given them up to trouble and to desolation and to jeering as you see with your eyes. For indeed because of this our father have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may be turned away from us. This is what I want you to understand, verse number 11. My sons, do not be negligent. For the Lord has chosen you to stand before Him to serve Him. And that you should minister to Him and burn incense. And I want you to be negligent. For the Lord has chosen you. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord has chosen you. The Lord has chosen you. Do not be negligent. How many would agree with me when I say that we're living in the last days? Yeah, we're living in the last days. I don't know when the Lord is going to come, but I do believe His coming is, is very soon. And I know from Scripture, and I've been preached about many times, and you have too, and read the Scripture that in the last days, there'll be a great falling away. Matter of fact, the Bible says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life, right? We want to be on that straight and narrow way, right? We want to be on the straight and narrow way. Hezekiah came out here to the people, and, and when he took office his first year and his first month, he understood that something had to be done. Things was not going the way that it needed to go. The temple was not being used like it needed. The doors of the temple was in, 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 in brokenness, and they needed repair, and there were rubbish on the inside of the temple. There were things that was going on inside the temple that should not have been going on. And so Hezekiah told the priest, I want you to sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself and sanctify the house of the Lord and carry out the rubbish. You've got to understand the magnitude of these words. We've got to understand the, the, the magnitude of this man, Hezekiah, who spoke him, and the perilous times that, that he lived in. Hezekiah, as you already know, was the son of Ahaz. Ahaz, as you know, was a very evil uh, king that who turned the hearts of Judah away from the Lord. Under Ahaz, many of Judah's treasures, the Bible says, was given away as bribes to, to nations that the Lord detested. And under Ahaz, even the southern kingdom slipped in a deep into a physical poverty and a spiritual poverty. It wasn't a good uh, moral uh, uh, situation of that day of Israel. And by the time Hezekiah's reign of king of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel had been conquered by the Assyrian army, his father Ahaz had left him spoiled uh, as far as a spoiled inheritance to, to inherit all these things. It wasn't a good thing, in other words, that he inherited. And it would seem apparent that even Judah was next in line to fall to this great nation 
ancient Assyria. you got to understand that Judah was out of wealth. There was no more bribes that was to be given. All the treasures had already been given away. Judah's princes were out of wisdom. They, they had no more wise counsel even to give. And Judah's army was not even a threat anymore to the, to the nation of Assyria. And when you think about this, what a time to inherit a kingdom. What, a, what an opportunity here that Hezekiah had. I mean, if I was Hezekiah, I would not want to have inherited the kingdom of that day and time. The nation that was an economic crisis, a nation that was, that was with an unbeatable enemy force that was pressing against the borders of that day, a nation that was doomed to failure and placed in the hands of this young 25-year-old leader by the name of Hezekiah, this young man, this, this man that, that, that hadn't occupied that throne uh, since, but, but he was there, and he was young and, and maybe inexperienced to somewhat, but at least he had some sense about him. I've got to call upon the Lord God Almighty. We've got to get something straight in order for God to work. Oh, y'all missed that right there. In order for God to move in our lives, there's got to be some things we've got to get straight. In order for God to, to show up, in other words, in our lives, there's going to be some things we've got to do. We've got to remove some rubbish on the inside of our life. And no doubt this must have been a fearful time for Hezekiah, and, 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 and it was probably a hopeless time for the people of Judah. And it would have been okay if, if even if Hezekiah had, had given up the kingdom and, and surrendered this kingdom to Assyria, it wouldn't have been a surprise, as I said before. None of us probably would have, would have wanted to take in that throne in that time in that place such as that. Most people felt hopeless in that, in that day and time. History probably would not even have blamed Hezekiah for these circumstances, but Hezekiah, thank God, was not a quitter, amen. And you and I don't need to be quitters today, amen. I know things get hard, and I know things get tough, and I know sometimes that rubbish seems to pile in front of us, and we don't know how to, how to get over it and around it, all of those kind of things, but we cannot quit on the Lord God Almighty, there's just some things we've got to do in order to see the kingdom of God advance. Amen. Amen. He's not a quitter. 25-year-old, young, but he was not a quitter. He was young, but he had a burning passion in his heart. His words ring out across the generations. This words was, do not be negligent. Brother Cup talked to us last Wednesday night about passion. And about what drives us, these things. Well, we've got to have a passion for Christ. Amen. You ain't listening to me this morning. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> if it's just me, forgive me. But I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a day where the passion doesn't drive us like it used to with God anymore. The passion doesn't move us to serve God like it used to anymore. Our prayer life has been diminished. Our thought life has been diminished when we serve God. And we're not, we don't have the zeal or the zealousness like we did for God anymore. Amen. I remember a time when I was growing up when it seemed like ministers weren't scared of nothing anymore. I mean, they would dive into everything. It just seemed like they're going to conquer the kingdom for Almighty God. Amen. How many remembers those times? They just seemed like they could speak and say the, the things that God had placed on their heart with boldness. But now we live in a time that everything has to be politically correct. We live in a time where if you preach this, Pastor, I'm going to leave the church. And if you say this and you go against what I want, hmm. rubbish, rubbish. Rubbish has got to be gone from the house of God. And we live in this day where we feel like we can do this and we can do that and everything is acceptable to God. It's not. 
Listen to me, it's not. There'll be a day and time we'll stand before God and we're going to give an account with everything that we've done, everything that we've said, everything that we've thought. We'll be surprised, are we not? And Hezekiah knew it wasn't time to quit. The Lord has chosen you. He said, do not be negligent. The Lord has chosen you. Don't fail to do, in other words, what you and I need to do and what you know is right today. Those same words that was true back then rings true to you and I today. Do not be negligent in knowing the things that we know to do and do them and do them right if we're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Hezekiah recognized the real problem. Hezekiah recognized that Judah's problem was not a political problem. He recognized that, 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 that Judah's problem was not an economic problem, even though all these things was bad. Politically, it was bad. Economically, it was bad. He recognized that, 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 that Judah's problem was not a military problem, even though it was bad. But he recognized that it was a sin problem. A sin problem. A loss of dedication. A loss of consecration to God. Hezekiah was a prophetic visionary leader who could see beyond that felt need of the people to the real need. It was not any of these things, military or economic or political. It was sin in their heart. Why, Pastor? Because the people of Judah had separated themselves from God. They had neglected to worship the Holy One of God. They had forgotten the holy place of God. Now they were reaping the benefits of their decisions. Hezekiah's call was very simple. It was a call to repentance. It was a call to faithfulness. It was a call to be reconciled to God that wrath may be turned away from us. We don't want the wrath of God on us. Amen. Hezekiah's generation desperately needed a leader of that day to stand up and point them in the right direction, not say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. You just keep on doing like you, will, like you was going to do it in the past. You keep on saying what you're going to say. You keep on going to those places that you went. Everything is going to be okay because God is a God of love. Uh-uh. That's not what Hezekiah's word. Do not be negligent. Do the things that you know to do and do them right. Hezekiah's grandfather, Jotham, According to the Bible, he was one of the most able administrators of Judah's history. Listen, but he was a man that failed God. He did not work on the temple facilities. You can go to 2 Chronicles 27 and 2 and it'll talk to you about that. It told us, he said, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. That's a powerful statement right there. This guy, Jotham, did not enter the temple of the Lord. He was the leader. He was one that everybody was following after, but he did not enter the temple of the Lord. Listen to me, mom and daddy. How important is it for you and I to lead our children into the temple of the Lord? How important is it for us to lead them in the direction of prayer into the house of the Lord? How important is it for you and I to lead and teach our children the right way to do things? Amen. We're living in a day, you saw it this past week on television said that everybody can say whatever they want to and do whatever they want to and everything should be fine. We're in a political season, are we not? We have words and rhetoric and all kind of things going all around us. And I'm not telling you who to vote for, but I'll tell, tell you something. You better listen to your heart. You better listen to the Word of God as you get ready to, to decide who you want to vote for. But this Bible said he did not enter the temple of the Lord, nor did he stop the people from continuing in their corrupt practices. That's what the Bible said. 
Hezekiah's father Ahaz was an evil man. The Bible said he took treasures, as we said earlier, from the temple to pay bribes. He took furnishings from the temple and he made altars to himself in every corner of Jerusalem. He locked the doors of the temple. He was an idolater. He burned some of his own sons. Wow, the Bible says the sacrifices. Evil man. Evil time that they lived. Hezekiah's generation received the inheritance of sin and folly. He re- they received an inheritance of those that has gone before them doing the wrong thing. They were a generation that had not been taken to the courts of the Lord. Hear me today, church. Hear me today how important the courts of the Lord is. Hear me today how important church is to your life. Hear me today how important our relationship is to to your life today. His generation had not been taken to the courts of the Lord. They had been taught pagan practices rather than the ways of God. Listen to me. If religion or Christianity today is to influence society and our community, then it first must influence the home circle. Hmm. i got to stop right here and let you know the church is not responsible for everything. With the raising of your children. They have a part. And they need to do their part. Listen to me Sunday school teachers. Wednesday night teachers. You've got a great part. You've got a great responsibility with those young people in your hands. And how am I getting in trouble when I'm fixing to say. And I don't mind. I don't mind some of the things that we do. You'll understand what I'm fixing to say. But. But every time we come together with our youth, it's not a time to watch a movie and play. Is that all right? We got to teach them the Word of God. We got to show them the Word of God. We've got to lead them into the paths that would lead them to salvation. Amen. And mamas and daddies, you you have the the forefront of those things. If we're going to influence this society, it's got to start in the home. If children were trained to love and fear God at home, when they go forth into the world, they will go forth prepared to train their own families one day. Amen. And those principles of truth will become implanted in society. You know what's implanted in my life that mom and dad implanted in me? You going to church on Sundays. Before anything happens, there's a lot of other things, but boy, you going to church, I don't care how you feel. I don't care all the, you know, and if I was real, real sick, they wouldn't take me. But, but if I just had a little headache or whatever the case may be, or a toe ache, mama wouldn't let me stay at the house. Daddy wouldn't let me stay at the house. Hello, somebody. Do not neglect. You have been chosen. God has chosen you for such a time as this today. Amen. God has chosen you. And they would go forth into the world. And they would exert a telling influence in the world. Religion, Christianity, should not be divorced from the home. It should not be divorced from the home. God says, I know Abraham. What does God say about you? He said this about Abraham. I know Abraham. That he will command his household after him. I know him. What about you? What about you? What had started in this day of Hezekiah's day as neglect for the temple in this administration of Hezekiah's grandfather had now become a nationwide spiritual revolt against God by the time Hezekiah assumed the throne. In bad situations, bad, bad situation. The payment for their sin was fear. 
The payment for their sin was quickly coming destruction. Benjamin Franklin, you may have, you may have heard this before, but, but he once coined a saying that could, that could well describe this previous chapter of Judah. He said, a little neglect may breed great mischief. Just a little neglect. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For the want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of the rider, the message was lost. For want of the message, the war was lost. Just because of a little mischief. Because of a little neglect. How many would agree with me when I say a little neglect can create great problems in the long run if we're not careful? Can create great problems in the long run. Jotham, look, look at these guys, Jotham. He neglected the temple. He didn't even show up to the temple. Neglected the temple. Ahaz despised the temple. Judah ended up only inches from total annihilation because of this simple neglect. And I'm afraid this morning, if we're not careful, we will slowly leave God just as Judah did little by little. It may start out very subtle. A little neglect here and a little neglect there. Putting a little rubbish here and a little rubbish there. I'll take it out later. I'll clean the house later. And many times what we do, instead of taking the rubbish out, we'll move it over to this corner and we'll move it over to that corner. We'll just, we'll just order it. We'll, we'll get it cataloged. We'll do all these kind of things. But we won't remove it from the house. And it's the little things that messes us up in the long run. We talk about separation of church and state. Look back in time with me. How many knows that used to be school started in the church house? That's where, that's where we got our education, in the church house. But little by little, Sister Nett, we've changed the Bible over from textbooks. I don't know that was a bad thing. But little by little, we've taken the Bible out. We've taken these things out of the schools. We've removed prayer from the schools. So subtle, but just a little neglect. It grew to an open disregard to God. Legalizing abortion, killing our babies. Hear me today. Hear me today. What, what used to be in the closet has now become the norm. Transgender lifestyles, alternative lifestyles, all these things that we look at today. Open sale of pornography on our television and internet. Lying and cheating and stealing and embezzling and self-seeking politicians. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of all of them. I used to be a Republican. I don't know what I am now. I didn't mean to get into political stuff. I'm tired of all of them. Because we've taken God out of, the, out of the mix. It's not for the people anymore. It's not serving the people anymore. It's serving self-agendas. Self-styled lifestyles. All these things. And Hezekiah stands up to take leadership. Thank God there is still a few guys and, and women that will stand up today. Thank God there's still Christians in the land today. Amen. Thank God we still live in a free America today where I can choose to go to church. I can choose to lift my hands. I can choose to worship God the way that I see fit. Thank God we still live there today. But do you realize that this morning there are people that are dying for their faith? This morning there are people that's having to go underground just to say the name of Jesus. This morning there are people that's getting stoned and beaten and crucified and dying every day. Oh, Pastor, don't, we don't like to think about those things. Well, it's happening today day and we come on Sunday mornings and we take all these things for granted hear me today and hear my heart God is telling us don't neglect don't neglect what I give you don't neglect the truth say pastor I, 
I, I have neglected it. I, well, make it right. There is a thing called right. And we can make those things right when we stand before the Lord. Open sale of these things. But Hezekiah stands up. And you'd think that when he stood up, he would, he would express some kind of concern about this nation of Syria. But he doesn't. I mean, this was a nation that was getting ready to annihilate him. He doesn't express concerns about Assyria. He doesn't express concern about empty treasures that, that was in the temple. But he cries out against the sins of their fathers, which had become the sins of their children. He understood the process here. Our fathers, he said, have trespassed and forsaken God. Our fathers have done this evil. Our fathers have turned their face from the dwelling place of the Lord. Our fathers have turned their back on Him. Our fathers have shut the doors of the temple. Our fathers have not given their offering. And because of our fathers, sin God's wrath has now come upon us because we've walked in their ways God's wrath is upon us hear me today listen to me mom listen to me dad how do you want your kids to remember you how do you want your kids to remember you somebody that turned their back on God or somebody that stood for what is right in the face of opposition how do you want them to remember you if we don't take if we don't take out some of the rubbish of our homes we may be just like the nation of Judah was. They've been given over to trouble, given over to jeering, given over to desolation. They've fallen by the sword, sons, daughters, wives in captivity. And Hezekiah is, is crying out because of their, 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 their negligence and, and their separation from God. All of these things are happening. And Hezekiah recognized that, that though they'd received a spoiled inheritance... Listen to me, it was his responsibility. He, he was the king of that day. I'm the leader of this day. I, I've got to do something. Right or wrong, I've got to do something. I've got to stand up and make it right because the fathers. I'm not going to allow my past generation to affect my future today. Oh, that was a word for somebody right there. Sometimes we've allowed our past to dictate our future. Don't allow your past to dictate your future today, church. I know things may have been messed up in your life, maybe. But don't allow the past to dictate where you're going. God says you are chosen for such a time as this today. Amen. Do not be negligent. Hallelujah. Verse, verse 5, it says, Hear me, Levites. Sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord. Mm, this ain't in my notes, but I have a feeling that some of us, and I'll just include myself, we need a little more sanctification. Oh, yeah. We need a little more sanctification in our life. We, we, we got the salvation stuff worked out. We know all we got to do to get saved is come before God. We know all we got to do is just say, Lord, I've messed up. Forgive me. We know all these things. We, did, we got the sanctification, but the, but the sanctification part, well, that's a, that's a little different because I got to stop some stuff. When I, when I get sanctified, I, I got I to change some stuff. You've heard me tell the story of old Brian Cutshaw. There was a there was a oh a, a biker guy that got saved in his church up in Twin Rivers, and this guy he 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 was a, he had lived a, a rough hard life. I mean drinking and drugs and and cursing and all those kind of things. But God gloriously saved him. And Brian Cutshaw said in their church they have their baptistry right out here. In the, it was in the stage, and so that that Sunday morning he had a house full and he was baptizing this guy. And this guy had invited all of his biker dudes to to come and watch him get baptized and, and get saved. And this guy's up there getting baptized. And Brian says, you know, most time I always let people if they want to talk, we'll just let them we'll let them talk. And he put his microphone on and asked him to say something, and he had some few choice words to say. 
And it, 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 it sort of uh, stunned the audience because of what he said about how wonderful God had saved him. He said, and I invited my other guys. He said, but I'll be whatever. You know, if I'm going to let the devil rob me from, from what, I, what I'm fixing to do. And, and you could hear a hush in the house. And Brian got the microphone back. And he had, he had, to, he had to do a little teaching right there. He said, listen, church, the guy got saved. He ain't sanctified yet. Got to learn some stuff. Hello. We get down on some folks like that, but listen to me. Get them saved, then we'll work on sanctification. But I come to tell you this morning that there's some church folk that been in the way 30 and 40 and 50 years. You need to be sanctified. Ooh, that's good preaching right there. Y'all need to put that on Facebook. Yeah. Hashtag, get sanctified. I got a feeling if we get sanctified, our life will go a lot better. I got a feeling we get some sanctification in our life. We, 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 we do some things a lot better. Hear me, Levites. Sanctify yourself. Get the rubbish out from the holy place. In verse number 10, it says, Now it's in my heart, Hezekiah, it's in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn from us. I don't know if anybody else is praying for that way or not, but I'm going to tell you, Hezekiah said, I'm praying that his wrath is going to be turned from us. Our fathers have been negligent. We've been negligent in our service. But hey, things are about to change. Things is going to turn around. Hallelujah. You you may have been negligent. There may have been some things in your past that's been negligent, but you need to tell the devil, hey, enough is enough. Things is about to turn around. Things is about to change. I'm no longer going to be negligent. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever the consequences, whatever the circumstances, whatever the cause, whatever the cost, right now, today, we are making a determination that we will turn back to the Lord. Hezekiah's words, Hezekiah's words cut through the blame game. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I've messed up. I've done some things. I've said some things. I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. That's, that's, not, my, that's not my job. It's not my job to judge. But what your job is, if you recognize that and you understand that, don't be negligent about it. Don't let it just lay there as rubbish. Don't let it lay in the temple as rubbish. I told him Wednesday night after Brother Cup spoke, I was down and, and, uh, and I don't mean to, uh, matter of fact, cut the, cut the feed this morning right quick. I'm not going to call any names, but as we, when we was down in Mississippi, during this last week, we, my dad was telling me about this older man that cut, cut the feed. He said, I don't know what happened to him. around with God we don't have time 
to lose out with God. Some of us have been serving God for a number of years. But rubbish sometimes creeps up. And Hezekiah said, look, I'm not going to blame this. I'm not going to blame that. I'm not going to talk about Assyria. I'm not going to talk about the political system. I'm not going to talk about the military system. It's us. It's us. We can't be negligent. We've got to do what God has called us to do. And verse 11, he says, My sons, do not be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister to him and burn incense. And it just could be that you're sitting here today and you've received a spoiled inheritance. Maybe you were, you were abused as a child. Maybe you were abused as an adult. Maybe somebody took advantage of you. Maybe you inherited a large financial debt because of the sin of your father. Maybe you've had a good life, but you never had anybody to take you. Hear me today. This is so important. You've never had anybody to take you into the courts of the Lord. You've had, never had anybody to take you into the presence of God All you know about the presence of God is what somebody said. All you know about the presence of God is what you see maybe on Facebook or a YouTube video. You've never experienced the presence of God that's heavy, that can rest heavy upon your life. Maybe you're ready to quit. Maybe you feel like it's hopeless. Maybe you're like others that has given up. I don't want to sound insensitive this morning, but but maybe you've gone through some horrible things. We've all gone through some things, but hear me today. If you want to get free, if you want to have liberty, if if you want to escape the pending destruction of your life, sometimes we, you and I, we just simply have to get over it and let go of what's holding us back. Amen. We've got to let go of those things. Let the words of this 25-year-old overzealous king over 2,500 years ago strengthen your heart when he says, Do not be negligent. The Lord has chosen you to stand before him. When you think about that statement just real, real quick, the Lord has chosen you to stand before him. The condition of your heart and your soul right now, at this very moment, sitting on that pew right now, if the Lord called you home, Right now, are you able to stand before him? Are you able to stand before the Lord God Almighty, the creator of everything? Are we able to give an account and say, Lord, all is well with my soul? Are we able to say that? Because if it's not, then there's some rubbish that we've got to get cleaned out. I'm not saying you're a bad person. Don't get me wrong, but there's rubbish there that we've got to get cleaned out. Don't be negligent. He didn't, he didn't choose you to fail. He didn't choose you to fail. He chose you to stand. He didn't choose you uh, choo- uh, choose for you to, f- to fall, but he chose you to win. He, he didn't choose you to be remain trapped under the generational curse, but he set a standard of holiness in this generation for you and I to grab a hold of and move forward. Amen. It's time right now that we turn back to the Lord, turn back to the, to the Lord that, that he might restore what was lost. It's time that we carry out the rubbish and get the temple back where it needs to be. What's holding us back as the musicians come? What's holding us back today? What's holding us back from getting the rubbish out of our life? Is it, is it fear? Is it pride? Is it, is, it, is it because we think somebody's going to think something bad about us? Get that all off your mind. Get that all off your mind. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what they think. Now, let me, let me I, I don't mean to get into some political stuff, but I've got to stop right here and say this. 
I'm not going to ask you how many Donald Trump supporters are out in the house. But I'll tell you one thing about this guy. He don't care what nobody says about him. Don't seem to phase him. He don't care what he says either. That doesn't seem to phase him. Seems like this guy can just go and say and do whatever. And he keeps going up. I can't figure it out. I ain't even trying anymore. But this is the point I want to make. If you're listening to naysayers in your life that's stopping you and hindering you from surrendering your heart to God, don't listen to them. Don't matter what anybody else says. They're not good. They didn't die for you. They didn't hang on the cross for you. Uh-uh. Jesus hung on the cross. Hezekiah, inexperienced as he was, but he recognized the root of the problem was not all of the external influences that threatened Judah. He recognized that. It was a sin problem. It wasn't political. It wasn't military. It wasn't any of those things. It was a sin problem. And so it is today. Listen, church. So it is today with our nation today. It's a sin problem. Even in our political system, they talk about economics. They talk about health care. They talk about, talk about Sister Ruth, all these things. And, and yeah, there's some problems there, but that's not the root of the problem. It's not. It's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. You get sin taken care of, the health would increase in our, in our society. You get sin taken care of, finances and economic will grow. Say, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. I'm not no political whiz, but I know that. You take care of the sin problem, then all of these things will begin to flourish. And America will be America like it was created to be. A nation under God. Hallelujah. Under God. Jesus, help us. Our nation will not only be called back to God when we stop pruning the branches. Boy, listen to this. Our nation will not only be called back to God when we stop pruning the branches and start cutting away the root. Quit pruning sin. Cut the root away. Brother Larry, that's what we do sometimes. We'll prune sin away. Oh, forgive me, God. I won't do it no more. I won't get rid of it out of my house, but I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't look at it no more. I won't go to that site no more. But yet we won't put no filter on our computer. Rubbish. Well, Pastor, everybody is doing it anymore. You ain't everybody. You're a chosen vessel. You're a royal priesthood. God has chosen you for this day to stand before Him. Hallelujah. Not just anybody. Schools, pastor, young people, they do it all the time. You ain't everybody. Stand up and be accounted for. God has chosen you. Don't be negligent in this day. He's chosen you to stand before Him. We've got to cut away the root. We'll only be delivered from our sins of our fathers individually as a nation when we take personal responsibility of our neglect. And then finally, I believe with all of my heart that God is looking for some zealous, godly people to call for repentance and lead the way. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts in our home. 
starts in our home. If you have children today that's serving God, you're blessed. You're blessed. If you have children that's in church, you're blessed. If you have a family that's still together and that's not fragmented, I'm going to tell you, you're blessed. Because that's not the day we live in. We've got rubbish in the house. And we've got to clean it out. If you've got kids that, that loves to come to church on Wednesday nights and be with their friends and be with their teachers, you're blessed. I'm not going to be popular right now. But I'll tell you, the time, the time for us bringing our kids and dropping them off and us going to Walmart on church night needs to stop. The time for us to bringing our kids to church functions and not supporting church functions needs to stop. And then we wonder why our kids go the way they go. Because we've never trained them, we've never taught them, we've never led them. Hmm. Let me go on a little further here, adults. We have events sometimes at the church, and, and don't nobody go out of here saying, I think it's wrong for you to miss some events. I ain't, I ain't saying that. So don't, don't go putting that on Facebook. But if you have attitudes and things in your heart, well, I, it's, it's not for me. I, I can't do nothing there. I'm just not even going to go. Then it needs to stop. Who knows that it could be one of those opportunities that God is bringing somebody to the church that you can speak to that has likes that you like, dislikes, all those things that you can connect with in our, in our, in our community. Sort of like the Easter thing that we're going to be doing on, on Saturday. Well, I can't skate. I skate. Well, I can't either. And I'm not going to. There was a day I would, but I, I know I'm smarter than that now. I'm not going to get out there and break my legs and arms and hurt my honey. Not going to do it. Not brave enough. But I'm coming. I'm coming. And I'll walk around and I'll talk to somebody and I'll find somebody that I don't know. The Lord help me here. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, I asked some of you to fill this out. And some of you still hadn't done it. Two weeks ago. Pastor, you're making me feel bad now. Good. That's good. Because you still have tonight. <laughs> There's some extra ones right out there on the front. Well, Pastor, I just forgot about it. I know you did, and I, I forgive you for that. But all I gave you was five names, five names, and then you don't even have to come up with five names, just one. And yet we want to talk about revival. We want to talk about God moving in our church, but yet we can't even invite somebody to church. Do not neglect, for God has chosen you to stand today. Don't, don't neglect. We're neglecting it. How, 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 can we, how can we grow a church and how can we get people into the harvest? How can we save folks from their sins and minister to them if we don't just do simple something? I'm not asking you to write a letter. I'm not even asking you to buy a stamp. All I'm asking you to do is just fill it out. Just give me a name. Give me a name. Who knows? Who knows that God could use that letter and use your information and the Holy Spirit could go out and touch somebody and 
invite them. They'll come to church. And who knows when Brother Sargent gives the altar call on Easter that they'll come down and give their heart to the Lord. Who knows? But I can tell you one thing. If you'd ever do it, it ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Do not neglect. God's looking for some zealous people. My prayer is God, break us. Fill us. Restore us. Don't be negligent in what God has called us to do. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly. I'm not going to hold you long, but I've got to ask you, is everything okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? If you used to stand before the Lord today, are you ready to stand before Him? Is there some things in your life that you've been negligent about? Is there some things in your life that that you've not just been doing. Again, it's not that you're bad. It's not that you're a bad person. We've just, we've just neglected it. We've neglected what God has asked us to do. We've neglected giving our heart to the Lord, even though we know we've got to. Even though we know there's things in our life that needs to be right. But we've neglected to say, Lord, come in. Come in. If you're here this morning, on this balcony, on this main floor, while they're playing softly, I want you to get up and I want you to come to this altar. You can kneel down, you can stand, however, however you feel comfortable, but I want to pray with you. If you're here and you say, Pastor, there's some things in my life I've got to get right before I stand before the Lord. There's some rubbish in my, in my temple that I've got to get out of my temple. Before I stand before the Lord. Is that you? Is the Holy Ghost speaking to you? Is the Holy Ghost talking to you this morning? See, you know it if He is. You're uncomfortable right now. You're, you're squirming in your seat right now. You know that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. Why don't you just let loose? Why don't you just break through? Forget about all the naysayers. Forget about the people that's around you. And why don't you come and give your heart to the Lord this morning?